award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We got a great show for you today. Uh, some familiar faces. They've been on the show before. We're going to talk about private lands. Wildlife habitat biologists are here with us today to talk about how we can improve our properties our private properties better for wildlife better for hunting fishing uh, farming even some of those uh, things can help out with that so we're excited to uh, chat with uh, with Mark and Clint today. Thank you guys for being here. Don's taking the time off uh, since uh, I got two guests today so we'll bounce it off each other. Sounds good Jason. Great to be here. So uh, I, I appreciate these guys jumping in. I know uh, uh, they they uh, a wealth of knowledge and uh, Clint's been on many times. Mark's been on at least once, I think maybe twice. A couple times. And uh, so it's it's been it's been fun to have these guys. Uh, let's introduce uh, you guys to the folks that maybe haven't seen the show or heard the show. Uh, Mark, go ahead. You you introduce yourself first. You're the you're the top dog up there, right? I'm, I'm TWA's <laughs> habitat program manager. Uh, so uh, for a lot of, large part of my career, I've been working with private lands habitat assistance programs, and since 2007, our agency has had some full-time people dedicated to it, and Clint's one of our uh, field uh, wildlife habitat biologists. Yeah, so you, you've you been in the in that, in that the wildlife division for quite some time. I mean, you've been up there making it happen. You've been in many different roles, and and but, but this this program or this, this, this area, your focus has been most of your career, right? The vast majority of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. cool. So Clint, introduce yourself, please. Clint Borum, uh, Middle Tennessee, uh, wildlife habitat biologist for TWRA, uh, working with private landowners every day. Awesome. I know you said uh, uh, we're in March now, but you said you were burning just the other day, trying to get the burns in as fast as you can. Oh, uh, yesterday I was burning right up into the dark last night. Uh, yeah. We looked down and had the right conditions and said, "Let's go." Yeah. And so we started putting fire on the ground, and we were. It was after dark before we were wrapped up. A lot of these practices you have to wait on the weather and and find the right time and when you got the window you take it yeah i tell people uh don't ever get in a fight with mother nature okay <laughs> uh let's let's be buddies and let's work with her because uh you'll lose that fight every time yeah so yeah well um i like once again i appreciate you guys being here we're going to just kind of kind of touch on what you guys do uh you know um who all works for you and in these different roles across the state and how you can contact them and all these different things so i, I wanted to pull up the website and i'm going to put you guys on the spot what's that web address that that takes you directly to this page i believe it is that's on the screen uh it's www.tnwildlife-habitat.com there you go dash habitat.com that always throws me off always it got us last time we did the show remember jason <laughs> yeah. so tnwildlife-habitat.com correct awesome we'll bring you here and you can also go to tnwildlife.org and that'll also you know navigate through the wildlife tab and get you here but this page is a great resource for landowners who want to find out more about what you guys do some of the practices that they can put in uh, in place on their property but uh, the first thing that's on this page is, you know, a few short links, but then how to contact and who, who to contact. So whoever wants to take it, talk about who, who is available across the state and uh, in the different regions. Okay. First, first, if you don't mind, let me go out to the big picture sure. first. And a lot of questions is, you know, why are we working on private lands? Uh, in Tennessee, as in, in a lot of the eastern United States, 90% of our, 
our land is privately owned. We as an agency are charged with managing for all of Tennessee's wildlife species, whether it be uh, terrestrial, aquatic, cave dwelling, and whatever. And so if we're going to continue to maintain abundant popula viable populations of all of Tennessee's wildlife, we have to work with private landowners and uh, help them develop, uh, establish, and manage good wildlife habitat. And so uh, here again, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of the technical assistance we provide right. and the financial assistance that's available. I'm glad you, you stopped us there because that's important. Uh, that number, I always forget, but 90%, 90% is privately owned. We have a lot of land, public land in Tennessee. I mean, you look at it and there's a lot of acreage and you think, man, there's a lot, a lot available. I'm one of the, probably some of the most available in the Southeast, but um, that number is only 10%. You know, you, I, I don't think about that very often. But so, ninety percent is is privately owned, and and a lot of that wildlife resides on those on those acres. Right, and that's and that and that's all the public acres. So, as far as what the agency manages, we own about five hundred thousand acres altogether. We manage about one and a half million acres. You know, some owned by the TVA and Corps of Engineers. And sure. Of course, our staff work daily to try to improve wildlife habitat as as hard as they can on mm -hmm. our public lands. But again, in order to really reach our goals we need to work hand in hand with private landowners yeah and we have those guys out there on those on our public lands working and working hard they're dealing with the same weather issues you're yeah. dealing with planning right times can we burn now can we can we plant now you know rains come in flood fields and you lose a crop or something but uh it's it's tough out there it's yeah, tough it's a tough job no doubt about it yeah so uh can't can't fight with Mother Nature, like you said. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Uh, all right, Mark. Well, tell us, tell us uh, a little bit about the guys across the state and, and how you can contact them and that sort of thing. Okay. We have four full-time wildlife biologists. Clint has three counterparts uh, across the state. And they're, they actually, they're full TWRA personnel, but mm -hmm. they work out of the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Natural Resources Conservation Service Office. Okay. And why they work out of those offices is because NRCS is the go-to agency that a lot of uh, farmers, landowners, ranchers go to uh, for technical advice uh, on land management and financial assistance also. Mm. Uh, also with uh, NRCS, TWRA also cost shares five uh, Quail Forever Farm Bill biologists that are also located on the map. You can see with the QF logos. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then NRCS also cost shares with the National Wild Turkey Federation on two foresters. So we have these uh, these people available across the state to provide technical assistance to the landowners. All right. A lot of great resources there. I mean, uh, a lot of folks to, to tap into there and get some advice for sure and different expertise. Yeah. I mean, and... and I'll say this, Jason, we, we've been doing this for a while, mm -hmm. but this program is relatively young. You know, Mark is pretty much the godfather of this program and putting it together and, uh, and, and definitely saw that there was, you know, we needed to be helping and assisting private landowners within the state. So we're, you know, our program, like you said, started in 07. Mm -hmm. So we're, you know, 13 to 14 years old uh, and, and, have had a huge impact on a lot of acres in the state of Tennessee. And uh, yeah. and so having what originally started out as three biologists has grown to a network of almost 10 basically private lands biologists within the state of Tennessee. And I think that's notable to, to point out that we've grown that much in such a short period of time. Mm -hmm. 
No doubt you could probably use a few more, right? <laughs> I'll take 20 more, please. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you think about 90 acres or 90, uh, 90%, I mean, so that's to say, uh, you know, only a few people to try to help with that 90%. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but anyway, um, I lost my train of thought. I had, I had, oh, Mike. I wanted to mention Michael McCord. He's been uh, hanging out with us in the in the communications division and, and helping us with some videos. He's been great to work with, and we're going to be putting out some stuff on on how to to some quick tips that people can implement right now. You know, and jump in there and do some stuff on their own. Yeah. To try to get started, but then the bigger plan. You know, you guys come in and, and help with that for sure. For sure. All right. So you know, it's March right now. What? Um, what are you going to tell a landowner when you go visit them in March? Is now a good time to get started? Is this, is this the good time to contact you guys to get started on implementing some projects? Or should we have called you a month ago or two months ago? <laughs> it, it's, always a, it's never too late to start your planning. And, and the common saying, you know, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And so in order to, there's a lot of nuances. Uh, wildlife managing, you know, we know more about it all the time and little tricks of what you should do when for different wildlife species too. And so f the first step is to just get a plan and that's where uh, these field biologists come in handy because they can, you know, a lot of times they're just handling technical assistance over the phone, uh -huh. but if the landowner is interested, they'll meet with the landowner on their property and, and they'll, they'll go through things like, you know, what sort of land management are you doing right now? What's the mix of habitats you have? Um, what are your goals? Is it farming income, timber income? wildlife which wildlife species and so they'll help the landowner think through what they want to accomplish and then they give them uh, give them a lot of options on on what they can do to help meet their goals and then if the land and they'll develop this habitat management plan free of charge and then if the landowner is also interested in technical in excuse me in financial assistance mm -hmm. there's a lot of uh, opportunities for for financial assistance a lot of them through the US Department of Agriculture's conservation programs and then also division of forestry and u.s fish and wildlife service and, and others that we have listed on our website cool so just correct me if i'm wrong but but you guys will come out and and do this for free you said that free yeah. service which is awesome uh i need to get you i to bet come you out didn't to my know <laughs> that when you buy a hunting license in the state of tennessee you get your own private biologist hey you know? there you go <laughs> need to put that on the on the license there yeah. just, just a note you gotta you know bring them on over so that's free but if you want to implement some of the the, the projects and the plans and and get assistance to help you with that that's what those those different breakouts are from usda right yeah yeah there's a ton of programs out there uh you know <clears throat> The federal government had, puts a lot of time, effort, and funds into conservation of resources, okay? And, and I would call it, I guess you could say, the cash cow because there's quite a bit of funds available through these programs, and they have specific agencies that their job is to protect soil, air, water, and wildlife. That's what they do. Mm. And so by assisting them and guiding where those funds go within the state of Tennessee, we can do uh, uh, focused efforts at wildlife restoration throughout the state. Uh, we are familiar, being Tennessee biologists, with the landscape and what's going on in your part of the world in the state. And then we can sit down at the table and have a voice with USDA to say, 
these are important issues for wildlife within the state of Tennessee. You know, what we see on the ground, these are the habitats or the cover types that we need to restore mm -hmm. to get the most benefit for the most amount of species for wildlife. And so it's a really great working relationship. And, and they're glad to have us on. NRCS does a good job of reaching out to the experts on subjects. So having, you know, a wildlife biologist, a partner biologist on staff is a win-win for them. You know, you have a lot of guys who are very familiar with agriculture that work within RCS mm -hmm. and do a great job at cropping systems and pasture management and grazing rotations and many other things. But to have the ability to reach out to a wildlife professional to work with the landowners that are in their county that want to manage for wildlife is an added bonus. And, and so that's what we're here to do is develop sound management plans based upon the landowner's goals and objectives. And yeah. I say that, that's important because, yeah. you know, I get a lot of people that say, well, I want to manage my property for wildlife. And I go, well, great, we'll start a plan for gray bats and and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and squirrels. And they go, whoa, wait a minute. No, no, no. That's not the wildlife that's I'm talking about. That's not the wildlife about. I'm talking about. <laughs> and so when you explain to them that different wildlife require different circumstances and different cover types to thrive and survive. So I need you to nail that down to, is it? game species is it non-game species mm. and it will help me assess what's there and then develop a plan for that property cool yeah you mentioned nrcs explain to folks what the nrcs what that title is and who they are just so people understand that that acronym it's the natural resources conservation service so that there's a lot of uh, agencies in the u.s department of agriculture but when, when it comes to land management, it's typically NRCS and also the Farm Service Agency. Farm Service Agency agency takes care of a lot of the uh, disaster payments okay. uh, and work with farmers uh, on that end, but they're also uh, in charge of administration of the Conservation Reserve Program. That's the one big land conservation program that they have, but they, but they work hand-in-hand in hand with NRCS and, and getting that program administered. Mm. And then we mentioned all the different uh, other programs, the Conservation Security Program and the EQIP uh, or the Environmental Quality Incentives Programs and all these uh, alphabet soup of acronyms right. and the nuances of the programs can be difficult. They're, they're changing from time to time, and that's where the uh, management biologists really come in handy because they keep up with that and so uh, again they can help guide the landowner to which program or sometimes it's several programs that the landowner can apply for how to apply for them uh, and if they do get accepted into the program they can help walk them through implementation of some of the habitat management practices mm -hmm. that they recommend now the financial assistance you're not required to do any of that. Uh, you don't have to do anything to have the, the wildlife management plan. So if you do get accepted in these programs, you're not obligated to anything until the time that you sign a contract. And a lot of people, you know, I don't want to fool with those government programs or yeah. whatever. I just want a wildlife management plan. Biologists still come out the same. They'll, they'll develop that management plan and, and, again, give you advice and sometimes help you implement those, you know, uh, be there on the ground to help guide you to make sure you're managing or impl implementing those management practices correctly. Yeah, the right the right way for sure. So, do you want to touch on any of these um, these different programs that that funding is available through? Or sure, I mean, right now it's March, and I think about you know 
what could people do be doing right now? Uh, you know, is there any tips or tricks right now that you think people should be doing? I know contact you and get a plan maybe, but is there something they could do? Yeah. And maybe get ready for turkey. Cause I think turkey season's right around the corner. Should I have already started working for turkey months ago, you know? Yeah. Instead of getting into the nuances of each one of those programs, I think that's better left for sitting down and spending some time with your biologist and with your district conservationist within RCS sure. so that they can go through that. But again, like we said, the first step is to develop a plan. You know, you don't develop a plan based upon the programs per se, you develop a plan based upon the site conditions within that property and then based upon the landowner's objectives, okay? And then we develop the plan so it can be the best that it can be based upon their objectives. And then we look at how these programs can help offset some of the financial burdens of installing these practices mm, yeah. or, or, or implementing these management practices. So it's kind of like going shopping, you know? You have seven different t-shirts to choose from and which one do I like best? Well, it all depends on what size I am, what type of fit the shirt is and all that. So the programs are the same way. You size yourself first, you know, you figure out if you're if you're a chunky like me <laughs> or if you're a skinny like Jason wow. and, and then you go, okay, well this brand or this shirt's gonna work best for me. Once we develop the plan, we go, it looks like this program is best going to fit your objectives and the practices that we've laid out. And so I think that's really important to, to note that, you know, we are looking at the latest and greatest science. That's our job is to keep up with what's coming out of the universities and what practices are shown to be most effective in the data that tells us that. And then going at and relaying that information to these landowners mm. and saying, you know, this this is a practice that has, you know, saw some research on. It's been very effective. It looks like it's going to fit your objectives. I would recommend doing that here. Plant this here, plant that there, burn this, don't burn that, you know, spray this. You know, there's a lot to keep up with. And, and I think, you know, you know, your top-level biologists, which I think all of our guys are, mm -hmm. are on top of that research. And we're staying current with everything and, and getting the best management plan that we can out there. And one of the misconceptions is that, well, I, didn't, I don't have – you know, this land set aside for wildlife that I can manage. That's, it, it's not, while, while we, uh, of course, increasingly more and more deal with uh, landowners that are buying land specifically just for a place to hunt and fish and, right. and enjoy wildlife, we work with, with farmers and ranchers. Again, there's, there's things you can do, such as, uh, you know, establishing buffers, um, you know, stream crossings that'll help the water quality and, and of course the aquatic creatures that fit in in things that you can do within a, a intense working farm mm -hmm. that will not only help wildlife but uh, also with again th by use of the management programs um, be actually to come ahead uh, cost wise or um I lost my I lost my training. Provide second, my training even provide secondary income. income. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the presentations I gave a long time ago, or I give a lot still, is meshing wildlife management with production agriculture. Oh, you yeah. can have a working farm and still have a good farm for wildlife too by meshing the two together. And one of the things that, that we threw out there was with a little bit of wildlife management effort, you can take a working farm and increase your lease value if you lease that to hunters mm. and, and 
and and receive a better rate because you're performing wildlife management practices. And let's be real, when you're talking about production farmers, it's all about the dollar. Yeah. And so yeah. if you look at them and go, okay, you're charging five dollars an acre for a hunting lease now. Well, if we come in here and we implement uh, early successional cover on these areas that are poor pastures, or put some food plots here, or start a timber management plan, uh, you could probably could get eight to ten dollars an acre for a hunting lease. And they go, oh, you know, the light goes off. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's a lot of different reasons, you know, for people to get involved with it. And it doesn't just have to be, like Mark said, recreational landowners. It can be that working farm that's looking for a second angle. Instead of doing vegetable production and going to the farmer's market with a greenhouse, he can implement some wildlife practices and, and increase his cost of his lease mm. or, yeah. or or benefit many different things. And identify areas of the farm where they're constantly losing money by continuing to farm that ground and again put it in a conservation op- option and, and not there again try to make your your profitable acres keep those and put the others in in uh, conservation cover. And a lot of these um, farm, a lot of these farm the best wildlife for the rest huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there you go. I like that. Uh, you know, a lot of these farmers have all the gear and equipment they need to start implementing these right away. They're some of my favorite landowners to work with because yeah. they've got 200-horsepower John Deere's, a bog disc, a sprayer, a planter, a drill, and I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah. You know, we can do a lot. Uh, and, and that's one of the things we have to do. You know, we have to assess the situation when we get there and look at the capabilities of the landowner. You know, if you buy, Jason, I know, you know, your pockets are real thick and you have lots of folding money in them. <laughs> yeah. But if you went down and bought 150 acres in Hickman County and then you came to me and said, well, I'm ready to manage my property for wildlife. And you go, I have a riding lawnmower. Yeah. You know, what more do I need? Um, you know, we're, I'm going to write a little different plan for you than I would that guy that's got exactly. 200 horsepower tractors. But there are good vendors out there. We're getting more and more vendors to perform those services. And uh, and so it's just getting better and better. That's good to know. That's what I was going to ask next question. Are there opportunities for people to, to rent? things they need or get assistance on property. Yeah, that- the, these, you know, this is a partnership, not only within RCS and TWRA and FSA, but your local soil conservation districts. Mm. You know, they're housing a lot of these NRCS offices and they have a staff that works with the farmers in that county to provide them what they need. A lot of them have equipment that they rent out. You know, the Giles County Soil Conservation District has a drill and a manure spreader and different things that you can utilize them to lease that or rent that drill for the day mm-hmm. and do a no-till planting instead of disking and disturbing the soil and creating weed issues. So, again, it's many agencies that come together to provide the landowners every little piece they might need. And so lots of different cogs in the wheel. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome to see those working together and those opportunities for those guys like me who have an ATV and a, and a zero turn. That's all I've got. You know, I don't have that tractor. And yeah, don't feel intimidated by that. And we tell them that all the time. Call us. We can develop a plan. And you need that plan anyway. Like Mark said, 
failing to plan is planning to fail. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you just have a, a push mower and 300 acres. We'll develop the plan, and then we'll discuss your possible options for hiring a contractor. You know, NRCS keeps a list of contractors in their offices that do business, that are familiar with the guidelines and the specs and standards under federal programs. And so they know the people in their county that have mini X's and skid steers and track hoes and bulldozers mm -hmm. and, and tractors and sprayers. So it's a network. You know, once you reach in and become a part of that network, you get access to the Soil Conservation District, to NRCS federal programs, to TWRA's wildlife biologists, and then also all the other great content that comes along with that, like, you know, TN Wildcast and mm. everything else. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it, it is a big group, but a lot of people don't know that that service is out there, you know, and all they do is reach out one time and then all of a sudden they're part of that network. Well, I'm gonna I want to sign you up to come out to my place, and we're gonna start that, start networking. <laughs> well, I'm thinking, you know, mid April, you know, five thirty in the morning, I'll meet you there. Okay. Have shotgun, we'll travel. <laughs> you know, uh, you're gonna shoot all my turkeys. I see. I see how it is. And where the programs come in handy is if you do part, you know, apply for the program and get accepted, uh, like for example, the EQIP program, mm -hmm. typically get, uh, it's a payment, but it typically about 75% um, of the practice cost that's paid to you. And some of the high priority practices are 90%, but then some of the other programs like conservation stewardship program and the conservation reserve program, you can get annual payments Wow. also. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's a, that's a big chunk of change to, to implement that, you know, mm -hmm. that's awesome. That's our tax dollars at work. <laughs> That's great. Well, before we run out of time, we're gonna we're gonna get here in just a minute. Uh, let's recap uh, the, how to get a hold of you guys, how to contact, and and all that. And then we'll go back a page if if Todd wants to flip it over there. He's our producer today. Appreciate him flipping the buttons. But um, tnwildlife-habitat.com is the website, and then to contact these folks. You just have to scroll down a little bit. And like I said, the map's there. Contact information is there. Um, and then if you scroll back up, uh, there's there's videos that we have and also the habitat programs and habitat programs and grants link take you to the all the different programs where you can read a thumbnail sketch on, right. on the how they work for wildlife. Get an idea at least and then and then uh, contact you guys and Right. Get all the details for sure. Yeah, you got you got Chris Hunter out in West Tennessee, myself in Middle Tennessee, yeah. Michael McCord on the plateau, and then Stephen Thomas in Far East Tennessee. And and all other guys are great, great biologists. And uh, you know at at the most, just reach out to them, you know, and find out, you know, what we can provide for you. Right. Well I'm, go ahead. I one I was saying one thing especially important is managing your forest land. A lot of times uh, a logger will come to somebody and say, hey, I'll give you this much money for your for your timber. And they'll go ahead and take it, and it'll have been a low-balled price. Mm -hmm. And then they'll come, and they'll come to a forester. They'll come to our technical assistance guys and say, what can I do? And they've already severely limited their management options. So it's good. To, it pays to get a professional to help. Yeah. Failing to plan is planning to fail. And what that's was the take-home message. <laughs> that's it. What was, what was the other one you said? Uh Farm the best and wildlife for the rest. <laughs> there, there you go. go. There you go. Take, there's the two takeaways today. Call Clint. 
or Chris or Michael or Stephen. Have them come out, get you a management plan together, yeah. and then take it from there. See what the next steps are. So I'm gonna get you on my calendar. Come out and tell me how many cedar trees I need to take out of Wilson County. Done. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you guys being here, Mark. Thank you uh, for all you do up there and leading these guys and and uh, and you know getting this program going. What 14 years ago you said yeah. or something like that? Man, it's been been a while back. And uh, thank you for what you do, Clint. Hard worker out there. All day, every day. He is. Go burn. Go burn something. <laughs> they all are. Yeah. <laughs> my, my pyro is itching to like something. Else. There you go. Yeah, there's not much slack time during the entire year for them. Yeah. Yeah, they're busy. I know we were working with Michael the other day. He said, well, i got to wait to see what the weather's going to be before I can schedule this or schedule that because he's got a got that small window, you know. So yeah. they're hard workers. So anyway, thank you guys. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Tennessee Wildcast. We're here every week. And we'll see you next week. See you then. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.